Welcome to Progress in Work. I'm your host, Patrick Figures, and this week let's talk about addressing sensitive topics in the workplace, specifically Black Lives Matter. I've heard a lot recently this statement, I'm worried I'll say the wrong thing. As the national conversation on race has entered the workplace, the notion of addressing these sensitive issues, the killing of George Floyd, the role of policing, race specifically, in the workplace has a lot of people feeling nervous. If the larger question is how do we rate our progress on race in this country, then definitely the smaller question for each of us as leaders is how do we rate our progress on race within this organization? And as organizations like the NFL and Pinterest make public statements in support of Black Lives Matter, they are also coming under scrutiny for their internal cultures that many of their employees have gone on the record to say contradict these sentiments. This really is an opportunity for all of us to take a brave look in the mirror. Is our company living up to its stated values? And are we, as leaders, taking the opportunity to facilitate an inclusive conversation about this issue, the issue of race, the issue of being inclusive in, within our cultures? And regardless of where this conversation goes, you have an obligation to engage in a meaningful way with this question, with all of these questions around race, which is understandably difficult, not just for us as managers, but as people. We, as people, are incredibly gifted at avoiding important questions because deep down, we're all afraid of what the answer might be. And many of you out there are thinking, Patrick, wouldn't it be better just to wait for this whole thing to blow over? Maybe. But is that the message that you're trying to send as a leader? That when things got uncomfortable and hard, that you decided to wait and see. Peter Kastenbaum, a noted business philosopher, believes that the leader's job is to risk themselves in a lifelong pursuit of greatness. And if you haven't read the article called Do You Have the Will to Lead, which is a Fast Company article written in the early 2000s, I highly recommend it. Peter Kastenbaum stresses that the leader should be willing to wrestle with ethical questions and to think beyond known boundaries. There's another piece in the article that talks about if we are unwilling to engage in anxiety, we are predestined to live marginal lives. Our leadership journey asks us to step up during critical moments. COVID-19, this pandemic that we're still in the middle of, was one such moment. And here in front of you, in this moment, is another opportunity to step up. And where COVID is a health crisis, this crisis is an ethical one. Remind yourself of why you chose this profession. If we strive to elevate and empower others to do their best, how can we stand idly by when so many on, on our teams under our supervision, feel disempowered by the systems and prejudices around them that potentially we unintentionally perpetuate. But what if I disagree with this whole issue, you might be thinking? Well, look, no one's asking for you to agree with anything. 
The only thing you're being asked to do right now is to make space for a perspective other than your own. When an employee experiences tragedy, do you ignore their pain if you can't relate to it? A death in the family? A divorce? No. You have an obligation to show empathy, and you do. We all do. We try to connect with these employees, with the people around us. We try to understand their perspective in moments of grief, in moments of pain. There are multiple ways to advocate for the people on your team. And sometimes the best way for you to rise to the occasion isn't to occupy a space, but to leave room for others to occupy that space. You don't have to be the protagonist of this story. Instead, you can elevate and enable those that are better equipped to contribute in this moment. Find out if anyone on your team has a story about racial injustice or wants to share a perspective on this issue. Consider something small and simple, like a message to your team that says, Hey, I would like to take a moment to highlight what's going on in the world around us. And I'm sensing that many on our team are deeply affected. We shouldn't ignore what feels like a huge moment for our society. I want to make space for conversations around what's been going on nationally with regards to Black Lives Matter and the protests. And if any of you have been personally impacted or have anything you'd like to share, please let me know. Anyone that wants to get something off their chest should feel open to do so. Simple. If your group has something to share, give them a chance to do so. At the next team meeting, in whatever form you have available, ask them what it's like to be them right now and what's been on their mind. Create a space for them. Let them share their experience. No one expects you to become a race relations scholar speaking into the legacy of injustice in the world. But at a minimum, you need to show that you're aware that this feels like a big moment in our country. Let people know that you see it and that you're trying to give it the consideration it deserves. But Patrick, won't this make things uncomfortable for others? The modern workplace is full of necessary discomforts. If you've ever fired someone, if you've ever laid anyone off, if you've ever dealt with a tragedy in the workplace, then you've understood that we don't get to avoid uncomfortable things just because it's inconvenient. They're a natural part of life. Your team is full of adult professionals that have complex lives outside of work. Trust me when I say that they can handle a little productive tension around an issue that is getting national attention. Don't be scared off by insincere notions of discomfort. You're not planning an in-office protest. You're not planning a walkout. All you're doing is giving a little bit of space to members of the team that might want to express themselves. It's harmless and a large step to keeping your team unified and emotionally open with one another. I've written a lot about listening, and that's because it's a tool that's virtually impossible to overuse. There's always cause to take your team's temperature and to reinforce that they should feel comfortable speaking openly with you about whatever's on their mind. Do you have to agree with whatever their stance happens to be on this issue or any other philosophical topic? No, but that's not the point. The point is to show compassion and a desire to help them heal. Let them know that you're on their side. Part of being an ally 
part of being a boss, part of being a leader to your employees is good listening, regardless of the topic. The ability to absorb what they're saying and seek to understand and empathize shows that you're open to being shaped and evolving your perspective. Often, people don't even need you to do anything as long as you're willing to listen. And you might ask, Patrick, what if my company isn't a welcoming place for these kinds of conversations? If you're working in an organization where open, honest, and constructive conversations cannot be had, then is this really a place you want to be working? If you care about the well-being and interests of your employees, then your workplace should reflect their values, a place where their voice has real impact and weight, and they feel like they belong. By acknowledging the larger societal issues and creating a space for empathetic dialogue, you not only build credibility, but you make the world a better and more livable place for everyone. I think there's a lot to learn in what we're seeing with many companies that have come out in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. And we've seen backlash uh, internally. And we've seen a, another round of revelations of companies that seem to have cultures that run counter to their espoused values. And the lesson that I reflect on there as leaders is the unintended consequence of having topics like race and inclusiveness in general that can be talked about at work is how are you supposed to know that you have a problem in your workplace? If you can't talk about sensitive issues that matter, about how your workplace treats women, how your workplace treats minorities, how your workplace treats people of LGBTQ backgrounds, if you can't have that conversation, how are you supposed to know that you're one of the good guys? How are you supposed to know that your workplace is living up to the values that you espouse in your mission? And that's something that I think a lot of us overlook. And it reminds me of my romantic relationship with my wife. Long-term partnerships are built up through hard conversations. And for many of us, when we're dating, when we're early on, we hide elements of our personality. We hide elements of our lives that feel difficult from the other person, but we can't hide them forever. And it's through having hard conversations, through revealing our faults, our flaws, and committing to working on them with the other person, to making ourselves better, to opening ourselves up to critique, to opening ourselves up to being shaped and impacted and moved by the other person, that we grow, that we build these great partnerships, these strong marriages. I'm less than five years into my marriage and already I can feel how much it's helping me to grow. And this reminds me of building companies, building any partnerships together involve hard but critical conversations where you open yourself up to be shaped by the other person. If you want to shape others, you have to leave room for them to shape you. And if you avoid these shaping conversations, if you avoid these circumstances where you allow the organization to wrestle with really sticky issues, 
then you leave the door open for these things to fester and to come back to bite you. And in a way that's too late. And you're seeing companies now try to make a hundred years of progress in a month. A decade's worth of progress in a day. Can't be done. Cultures are layered and built up over time. And there's a, a great quote or saying that when you hire your first or second employee, you're setting your company's culture. If you want to reset the direction of your company because you're worried about it and you're worried about elements in that, in that company, you can't put it off. You have to reset that bone as soon as you find that problem. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of a national conversation. And that's all for today. Hope you enjoyed the episode because I certainly enjoyed putting it together. If you've got a workplace or leadership question or just want to chat, hit me up at Patrick at PatrickFigures.com. New episodes go up every other week. Consider subscribing to stay up to date. The music featured in today's episode was an excerpt of Something Elated by Broke for Free, used under Creative Commons. See you next time.